Reading from Nehemiah 2, verses 1 through 10. In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxius, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lie in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates, so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah? And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite officials heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. This is the word of the Lord. Reading from Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. We're continuing our, uh, our look at the book uh, of Nehemiah, a study we've entitled A Relationship Restored. And again, I encourage you all to read Ezra, read Nehemiah, and I, I admit uh, I was reading a, a one commentator, they were saying about Nehemiah and Ezra, you really can't find two more difficult books in parallel to actually study through in the whole corpus of the 66 books. This is, this is tough sledding. I get this. This is really tough sledding, particularly if you start to look at things when you go through the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chapters of uh, Ezra, then it's just like, well, things are like, they're, it's almost like some of those uh, uh, Rod Serling or Alfred Hitchcock movies where you, 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 you're at one point in time, then they fast forward, then they go back in time, and, and so you're trying to piece that together. It's like, well, it's not chronological, and I'm trying to make it all work. Uh, it requires some diligent study. It does. It requires some diligent study. But that's why we're taking our time as we go through Nehemiah to give us the opportunity to really uh, set a right pace. So we, we know what we're studying, why we're studying. So today, we're only going to look at one verse, an important verse, but one verse. But in order for that one verse to make any sense, we still have to go back and catch everything up, get to that one verse, and it's like, boom. And just as a PSA, next week, we're so looking forward to Pastor Glenn Shields being here, and he will speak uh, from our, our, our celebration uh, uh, topic. Uh, so we'll, we'll put a pause button 
on our uh, systematic study out of Nehemiah next week, and then come September, and in September we're going to have uh, Pastor Williams uh, from St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church, uh, Bishop Parnell Lovelace, formerly of Center of Praise Ministries, and was just confirmed, uh, he's spoken here before, the, the, the 24th, I believe, yes, the 24th of September, uh, Dr. David Nystrom, again, he spoke to us before at the, at the, uh, when we were at Health Professions, he will be speaking on the 24th. Uh, he's professor at uh, um, uh, Western Seminary and formerly at uh, Fuller Theological Seminary. So a dear friend of mine, and as the, these men come and, and share with us to encourage us to keep us focused in terms of our, our ministerial trajectory. So I, I invite you to, uh, to walk with us. But as we walk through the book uh, of Nehemiah, we'll see that as I, as I continue to remind us, it's more than a book of, uh, uh, of building a wall and a temple. Uh, it's the restoration of a relationship. And last week, if you remember, we saw how Nehemiah took full advantage of the opportunity he had prepared uh, for when the king asked, what's wrong? Uh, what's wrong? And after explaining the, the situation that he was facing and uh, the people in the area around Jerusalem was facing, uh, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And again, as I shared before, I share now, it's remarkable how preparation meets opportunity. You know, it's, it's, it's not a coincidence that, that, that as we prepare, not even knowing the full blossom or the details of what God has for us, as we prepare, that opportunity presents itself. And it's like, oh, man, alive. Uh, I, you're, you're, you're wanting me to talk to you about this. I was just studying that portion of scripture last week. You know, so, so it, it's, a, it's amazing. Maybe it's never happened to you. It's happened to me more than once. It's like I'm studying something, and then along comes the opportunity to, to speak into someone's life, it's like, this is exactly what I want, I needed to hear. So uh, he prepared himself, he prayed, he fasted, he mourned, God presented the opportunity, and Nehemiah pauses just enough to pray one more time before answering. And uh, what was the king's response? The king, uh, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me. So I set a time. So again, it took receiving the news, understanding the significance and what was at stake. Uh, it took uh, mourning. It took fasting. It took praying. It took looking and waiting for the right time and opportunity to do something about the situation. And it took boldness to speak up when the opportunity presents itself. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I just know about me. And as bold as you might think I am, and I'm pretty bold, I, you just ask Sister Meeks, I'm pretty bold, but there are more opportunities where it's just like, I really should say something right now, not today. Nah, they'll probably take it the wrong way. Ah, they won't, and so I talk myself out of an opportunity. That's what I was even sharing about. Instead of just us looking internally, uh, it was like, well, I know how, how much I have in my checkbook. I, I can't imagine yours is much different from mine. Uh, well, I guess we can't do it. it it's, but we, we withdraw from, the, from, from being bold in God to ask for the things that he's already made provision for us, but we're limiting him by not asking. It's a conundrum. You know, I, it, and uh, 
God rest his soul, I, I, I appreciate, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the things that Dick Gregory uh, did. He passed away on yesterday. But one of the things that obviously I take issue with, uh, he said uh, words to the effect that, well, if, if Christ was who he was, well, why didn't he just, when he came to earth, why didn't he just forgive everybody and just, just make, it, make it all good? It's a mystery. I don't have an answer for that. All I know is, is that, that, that opportunity that, that, that God is revealed in our us reaching up to him reaching down. Now, now, he could come down, and he could rejigger everything and reorder everything, and he could do whatever he wants to do. He's God. He can call a shot like that. But he didn't do it. And he requires it. So he said, I just stand at the door, and I'm knocking. I'm just, I need you to respond. I know who's going to respond. Don't get mad at me because I'm God. I know who's going to respond, but I want you to respond. So, so those opportunities come up, and in this case, Nehemiah, he had prepared. He did those seven things. And so when the opportunity came up to speak, he didn't withdraw. He didn't do a Mark Meeks and say, you know what? <sighs> no, nah, the king's probably going to say no. No, nah, nah, he's probably going to say no. So I'm not, no. And he's going to say no. I just know he's going to say no. I talked myself out of those things more than once, a lot of times. I'm getting better. I'm just not all the way there. And so Nehemiah makes most out of the opportunity. Uh, and so he says, I also said to him, if it pleases the king, see, now he's really getting bold. He's like, okay, all right, all right, this is working pretty good. He said, when are you, when are you going when are you coming back? Okay, now, now if it really pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall, and for the residence I will occupy. Uh, I, uh, and because the gracious hand, and because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates, gave them the king's letters. The king also sent army officers and cavalry with me, as I shared last week. Look at God. I mean, just, just look at God. He didn't even ask for an escort service. He got an escort service. So, but, 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 but what I really want us to focus on here at, the, at, at this one portion of scripture, uh, Nehemiah understands who's really in control here. Look, look at what he said. And because the king was really cool and he was, uh, he was a good guy, or because I was bold and I, and I, that, he said, no, because the gracious hand of my God was on me. Nehemiah doesn't make any pretense at all. It's not about me. It's, it's not about me. It's about God. I can, I, you know, just, just ask the prophets of Baal and the battle that they had with Elijah when they were going back and forth. They're, 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 they're just yelling. They're praying. They're, they're praying to their God. And then Elijah just said, the Lord God of Israel, hear my prayer. Boom. The rest is history. It, it, it matters who you're praying to. A lot of times we don't pray as much as we wish. You know, and, and as I've shared uh, recently on a post, I said, wishing is for stars. You know, that's, 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 that's for stars. That, that, that's not for a relationship with God. You know, just, oh, I wish. Oh, you wish? You wish? That's the best you can do. I wish. I wish. I, save it for the stars. And even save the hand-wringing for the laundry. I mean, it's just like that's, 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 that's not going to advance the cause. Who are you in relationship with? Uh, so he said, because the gracious hand of my God was on me, 
the king granted my request. Uh, it was because of God. It was not because of me. And as the Apostle Paul would write hundreds of years later, it's in him that is in God we live, we move, we have our being. It's, it's, it's all about him. It's not about us. He gives us the opportunity to live a good and wonderful life, and he gives us freedom to, to make decisions. But ultimately, it's in him. It's in him. Um, so what's your point? Uh, just real, real brief point because we still haven't got to our, our, our verse. Uh, just be careful that God doesn't become ancillary to our lives or a means to an end. Let's just be careful that God isn't just, oh, okay, he's that adornment. He's that thing that I need. He's the salt for my eggs. He's the, he's the Tabasco sauce for my potatoes. Uh, that's, that's not what God is. You know, he's even more than the potatoes. You know, he's even more than the skillet that the potatoes were cooked on. I mean, you can't compare it. But, but, but let's just make sure that, oh, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, uh, as the singers intone today, just understanding for who he is. Just because of who you are, not because of what you do, not because you gave me a fried egg and I get to sprinkle a little uh, salt and pepper on it. Uh, you're God, and I, and I need to understand that and that you're not just a means to an end of what I want to accomplish. Oh, I want to go to, I want to, I want to, go to college and I want to major in engineering and I want to I have 2.5 kids, have a nice house, lots of cars, nice 401. Uh, now I lay me down to sleep, Lord, give me what I just asked for. No, 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 that's, that's not how it works. And see, because we've bought into that, not you, you guys are much smarter than I am, because a lot of us uh, have bought into that, when, it doesn't, when, we, when the bloom comes off the rose and you discover Santa Claus really doesn't exist, then it's just like, well, it's all a lie. It doesn't see, see, I knew it didn't work. But what you were believing in was a fraud to begin with. You weren't believing in the, in the God that speaks things into existence. See, because he's not about, uh, well, you know, it's like you want cotton candy, here's some cotton candy. You want a rattlesnake, here's a rattlesnake. You want some bread, here's a rock. I'm not, I love you too much. I'm not doing that for you. I'm about relationship. If you're in relationship with me, there's no good thing. It, every good, every perfect gift comes down from the Father above. He is, a, as Paul describes him, he is the Lord of lights. Everything that's wonderful, everything that's good, he gives us. So Nehemiah, he heads off on what was likely a four to five month journey. Plenty of time to pray and to prepare spiritually. You were going to see that he's going to need it. Uh, but even more than that, not even more than that, but in addition to that, it was plenty enough time for the enemy to mobilize. Uh, so we see in the 10th verse, when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Man, isn't that just like the devil, you know? I can't even do good. And, and the evil one is, uh, is right there. Uh, in the fourth chapter of the book of Ezra, and again, I, I encourage you to read Ezra. In the fourth chapter of the book of Ezra, uh, you'll see that uh, there was, there was uh, a push to do, to repair the temple and rebuild the walls and to do constructive work there. Uh, it got so far, then there was opposition. A letter was written to the king, the same king, and he shut it down. He said, that's it. 
because what was presented was, well, see, these guys are going to set up a city. They're not going to pay taxes. They're going to, see, see, king, you really don't want to do this. You, you don't want to do this, so you want to shut it down. So the king issued a, a, what I call a cease and desist order. Uh, but the king changed his mind, and he allowed the building of the temple, and now is allowing Nehemiah to go forward with the rebuilding of the walls. Still, just, still, the evil one is still in opposition, and he hasn't gone away. My point again, I keep saying this, you guys, somewhere along the line, we'll get it. The evil one is called the evil one because he's the evil one. The evil one is not the good one. He's not, uh, he's not a, a, a nice guy gone bad. He's, not, he's, he's called the evil one because he's evil, and he has evil intent, and he has nothing good for you, and he is, stands in opposition to everything that whatever God wants to do. Whatever God wants to do, he stands in opposition to that. There you go. <laughs> he stands in opposition to that. That's why he's the evil one. That's, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't want God's agenda to be advanced. So if I can keep you all uh, fighting amongst yourselves, I can keep you squabbling, I can uh, do whatever. I can, I, if, I, if I can bring any opposition, that will in, in, in at least slow down, if not altogether halt, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Uh, second point related to the first, shared before. If things are going really smoothly, smoothly in your life, you need to check yourself. See, that, that is what doesn't get preached or presented much because, again, well, see, if you've, if you've got God in your life, it's, it's easy street from then on out. It's smooth sailing, no winds, no problems, children obey themselves, spouses get along. Uh, you know, uh, the dishes get washed, trash gets emptied, all, you know, all you just, it's smooth, smooth, smooth because you got God in your life. That's what we believe. I mean, you don't have to say that. that, that that's what gets perpetrated. It's a fraud, trust me. That's, but that's what gets believed. See, the, the opposite is, a, is a, those who choose to live righteous will suffer persecution. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. So, so you want to do right? Well, the evil one's like, huh, let's see how, let's see Bring up Job. I know that's an extreme. Okay, take it along the continuum anywhere you want. And so when God just says, look at my guy here. Well, yeah, do everything for him. He doesn't, he doesn't, even his feather pillow is fluffed up nice. There's not, he's got a no problem. And, and Job proved that I'm all about relationship. It's not about what I'm getting. God's God. He can speak things into existence. So, 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 so even, even today, uh, when things are going smoothly, as we define smooth, we really should question what we're doing. Are we doing the things that God causes, cause, wants us to do? Are we, are we really moving on his agenda? Are we doing our agenda? See, See if, it's, if it's going... He's worried about stuff that I'm, that evil one might look and say, well, you're doing stuff that I, I, thank you very much. That's not important. Focus on that. Do that. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to stand in opposition to that. But those things that God is calling you to do, and, and I, don't, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we bring ourselves to the party and we're messy, just kind of like Pigpen with Charlie Brown. It's like we bring that cloud of dust. 
So we can't, we can't hide behind that. Well, you know, somebody else brought the cloud of dust. No, you brought that cloud of dust with you. But, but, but often, it's, it's like nothing we've done. All I'm trying to do is live holy and do what God has asked me to do. And all hell breaks loose. So Sanballat. Sanballat. The name comes from the Babylonian uh, sin, sin, the moon god, uh, the moon god, sin, S-I-N, gives life. But he's apparently, he's a worshiper and follower of Yahweh because he has a couple of kids. He names, he, he attaches a, 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 a Jewish uh, a suffix, if you will, to their names. So he, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of there. He's, 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 he's identified geographically uh, uh, to, to, to a territory that's close to Jerusalem. Um, and other historical writings mention that he was governor of Samaria. So, so again, without getting caught up in any individual tree, it's like, okay, he's either dialed in Jewishly or he knows about the cult or he's, he, he's, he at least knows about the cult and he's there geographically. He knows what's going on. He's governor of Samaria right next to Israel. Uh, so he has Jewish connections and he's from the area. Tobiah, Tobiah. It's speculated that he was an assistant to Sanballat and possibly the governor of Amman. And that was an area that was settled by uh, some of Lot's people, uh, his descendants. And his name means Yahweh is good. Okay, all right. Both of these men at least knew of God, possibly worshiped God, were Jewish, or at least had Jewish relationships or connection. Uh, yet, you read the text here. They were very much disturbed that someone had come to, to promote the welfare of the Israelites. So what you got? Uh, Nehemiah seeking the welfare uh, of the Israelites. It's effectively taking away their authority, their responsibility, their leadership, their directorship, their whatever you want to put. What's this new sheriff in town coming in here now? He's messing up my gig. I got a gig here, you know that. And I'm disturbed. That's why we tried to shut it down before, and now this guy is coming along, and uh, uh, I'm going to try and do my best to shut it down. Uh, so regardless of the why they were in opposition, they were in opposition. But you and I both know, if we're good students, we read ahead, and we know how the story ends, and that Nehemiah was ultimately successful, uh, and he would accomplish something that others before him could not do. But still, he faced opposition all along the way. I'm closing. Uh, the same is true for you and me today. The same is true for you and me today. Let me just tell you this. God knew your beginning. He knows your end. He knows those of us that are his. He knows the path we're going to choose. He knows ultimately that, that victory is ours if we continue to allow the Holy Spirit to direct, lead, and guide us. The, the, the victory is already there. But, 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 but what are you saying, uh, Mark? What I'm saying is that opposition will be your best friend all along the way. It will be facing you like a headwind every step you take. I don't want to hear that. That's the reality. I'm sorry. 
Hey, this is, I, you know, I know if I were a parent, I'd want kids, I am a parent, I would want kids that always obeyed, never disobeyed, always loved me, it just, you know, but, but if you're going to get into parenting, don't, don't have kids, you know, don't have kids if, you're, if you've got an issue with that. See, so, 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 so being called one of God's uh, servants and trying to do his will, you will experience opposition. When? All the time. All the time. All, all the time. There will always, the evil one is always going to stand there and, and try and buffet you. If it's not your job, it's going to be your spouse. If it's not your spouse, it's your kids. If it's not your kids, it's the dog. The, the cat's coughing up fur balls. It's just like nothing, nothing, nothing seems to be going right. Just something to keep you, just to keep you off-centered, off-focus. And then you're just pulling your hair out. You're just like, Ugh! and the evil one's like, see, now nah, that's, why, that's why you can't teach children church very well, can you, huh? Because you're all wound up. You're tight. You want to get up here and sing, but you had hell all this morning. Yeah. 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 And then when those things happen, the collateral damage is I don't get to experience the, the spiritual joy and fulfillment that I would otherwise get because... The cat was coughing up fur balls at 6 a.m. this morning, and you got mad at it. See the evil one for who he is. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. Don't, don't. Oh, well, that's just Meeks. Well, maybe Meeks is just being allowed. I mean, he's just allowing the evil one to, to, to orchestrate him right now. Just, just pray, God, give him wisdom that he is led of God, that he does, that he does what uh, you want him to do. I, I'm done. It's an example I, I thought about uh, the other day was you don't stop playing baseball because you strike out. <laughs> you, you, know, you, don't, you don't stop playing because you strike out. You don't, you don't stop playing football because you get tackled. You, 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 that's, 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 that's part, and I don't want to call it a game, but that's part of the experience. Yeah. You know? and, if, and if someone hits 300 in baseball, he's got a multi-million dollar career. He's made, but that means seven out of ten times he's out. It's only three out of ten times that he's doing anything, he or she are doing anything uh, that gets him on base, that advances their score. So what am I saying? It's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not even your batting average. Ask Samson. It's just not even that. It's, 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 it's being obedient to the will of God to do those things when he calls you to do them. Get in line behind me. The times it's like, boy, I should have done this, should have said that, should, shouldn't have said that, should not have done that. Get in line behind me. But thanks be to God. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. How many times will he forgive me, Deacon? Is this, see, 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 the last time I checked, when uh, he was nailed to the cross, there was no, okay, it's only good for so many, 10 get-out-of-jail-free cards. It's like, no, I died in advance of you being born. I, I knew your sin before you were born. Uh, I've already forgiven you of your sin. I just need you to be in relationship with me. If you be in relationship with me, I got all the rest. So it's not a matter of, a, well, you know, it's like here's the scales. It's let me put a few chips of good on this side to outweigh some of the bad on that side. That's not how it works. Now, I'm not suggesting you could just pile up bad and it's like, hey, well, he said that's not how it works. No, no. But if you're in a relationship, what do you want to do? You want to please the Father if you're in relationship with him. You want to please him. You want to do those things. Uh, 
So what am I saying as I'm done? Doing God's will will create a disturbance. Uh, I love the fact that the, the salt and light t-shirts uh, are uh, a premium now. People like them. Uh, they want them. But uh, as the Houstons have said, no, you must be present to win one. Uh, but what it is is a reminder of who you are. What am I? I'm salt. I'm light. And I, just by my very being, create difference to the environment I'm in. So you don't have to say, well, do I have a target on my back? Why, 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 why folk looking at me stink? You know, why, why, why am I, why, 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 why you know, maybe you've never experienced, never experienced. You walk into an area and it's like all eyes on you. It's just like, what, what, the, 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 what, what? It's, it's your soul, your light. Evil one knows that. And when you come into a, a, a dark presence, you will be light. When you come into a tasteless uh, meat locker, your salt. You create disturbance wherever you go. Wherever you go. So, I don't say just deal with it, or as somebody would say, suck it up, buttercup. Uh, that's, uh, that's the nature of being a God follower. But greater is he that's in us than anything in the world. So you're not fighting this. The battle's not yours anyway. It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Let's pray.